0: Galatians 3, 19-25 Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law is our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. Last week, we identified how the law came 430 years after the promise given to Abraham, nullifying the idea that somehow the Christian needs to now live back under the law immediately after becoming a Christian. However, it then begs the question, why give the law at all so long after? In this text, Paul uses the picture of a guardian, or as other translations say, a prisoner, to help us see its purpose. First, in verse 19, he says that it was added because of transgressions. Even after giving Abraham and his people the promise of his covenant love, they still lived lives that did not honor God. Therefore, we see a big part of the law is because until the seed, that is Jesus, came, people needed to be humbled to see their need for this Savior. The law acts as a mirror to reflect back to you how woefully short you are living. And remember, the law being given long after the promise means these people were believers in the sense that God had established them as his people— Thus, this reflecting back our unrighteous works happens not just before Christ redeems us, but as a perpetual reminder of our continued need for Christ. This is where the language of a guardian or prisoner comes into play. The whole world is under the control of sin, or a prisoner of it. We are unable to escape it. This doesn't mean we always do bad things all the time, but it does mean no part of our life is untouched by sin. It is similar to if you have an illness— The illness isn't the person, it doesn't define the person, but it does affect their entire life and how their body functions as it tries to fight it off. Except in this case, there is no way, by ourselves, we can get rid of the disease of sin. The law, therefore, is our guardian until Christ comes. We are held prisoner by the law, constantly told we don't measure up until Christ comes and speaks a better word to us. An older NIV translation says of verse 24, So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. In short, the law's purpose is to get us to stop trying to justify ourselves and to help us turn our eyes to the only one who can justify us, that is Christ. And remember, this isn't a process we stop once we become a Christian. It reminds me of the language Paul uses elsewhere when he speaks of the gospel as something which has saved us, past tense, is saving us, present tense, and will save us, future tense. We often get stuck as a Christian in thinking about the past a lot and then moving on to something else, but all three tenses of the gospel are present in scripture. This means transformation for us looks a lot like continuing to die and being raised to life by Christ, and death is not a comfortable prospect, which is often why it is forced upon us, becoming something not that we choose, but which chooses us. In Alcoholics Anonymous, they use 12 steps, the first of which states, We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Those two words, powerless and unmanageable, are statements of defeat. Talk to any addict who has seen redemption in their life, and you'll hear the same thing over and over. A change could only happen when there were no other options because they had so utterly ruined their lives. For some, this means literally ruining their lives, their marriages, their relationships. For others, by God's grace, ruining their lives simply meant being caught or being outed as an alcoholic. The prayer for us is that God would bring about our deaths, uncomfortable as they may be, in a way that doesn't ruin everything. AA speaks of this as raising your bottoming out. At first glance, this seems discouraging to have to go through death to find life over and over. In a sense, it is. Stephen Colbert, who lost his father and two brothers at age 10, has said of that tragedy, what punishments of God are not gifts. It is an amazing thing for him to say. He hates that it happened and wishes it didn't, and yet it has been a gift for him to connect him more deeply to God. Very few of us can be strong, but what we have in common is our weakness and our suffering, and this is where God meets us. Your word of encouragement today is this. It is not through our strength, but through our weaknesses, our struggles and our sins, we find God, or rather he finds us.